This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. You saw Tom's face was like real close to the camera and Trista was kind of back. You're going to be right in the middle of that. Yes. I did. The range is good. Mm. Yeah. Rock and roll. Are we are we live? Did you get us live or no? This would be great if we're getting all this because this is like the <laughs> this is the true meaning of what it means. It's more like there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's the way to start yeah. it off. All right. You got your ringer off? I do. Yeah, it's good. It tastes so fucking good. Mmm. Bring it. What's taste good? My snake bite I got going over here. Oh, you got a snake bite? That's good. So Carlene's Carlene's trying to make up for lost time after the baby there. Oh, Not God. really. Just no? enjoying a beer. Just enjoying a beer. Tastes so good sometimes. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I never fails. There it is. The second we start recording, the sirens start like rolling. I got cat hair on me. Shanny? Nope. <laughs> See a lot of hair on All you right. though. <laughs> Cleaned out, man. Yeah. I got the best cat. Her name is Ladybug, man. She is. This is the case. You have one? I got one cat. I have four. You're a four cat guy. No. I got nine dogs and one cat. You have nine dogs? I do. At your house here in Lighthouse got, Point? No, yeah, I, I have, I have like, two I here crazy. and then I got eight. I actually got ten. I think we got eight or nine in Tennessee and two here. Really? Yes. It's a lot of dogs. What kind of dogs do you have? All different. My wife, wife she loves the uh, the rescue dogs. Yeah. So it's a different few every week. Yeah. Yeah. But here I have Buddy the Wiener Dog. Okay. And I just wrote a song called Mama Loves Her Wiener Dog. Mama Loves Her Wiener. Right. But. You wrote a country song or you wrote a rap? I did. Oh, it, shit, that's I a country song. <laughs> it's a country song. So I love my. Mama Loves Her Wiener. Three chords and the truth. It's all there. It's all there is. <laughs> Anyway, um, no, but my ladybug. She's you my, really wrote a song called Mama Loves Her Wiener? Dog. Mama yeah. does love her wiener. Yeah, so it says Mama loves her wiener real big and dog real small down here in the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we wrote that song. And that 
we haven't produced that yet. That's coming though. Is it coming? Where do you record? You know, I, I've been recording at True Noise Studio. Um, you know Eddie, uh, Eddie Perez, classic dude down yeah. in Miami. Yeah, he's in Miami now. He was out here in West. Hey, you're Long heading Day. all the way down to the 305 dude, to, to lay down your tracks. Honestly, huh? the first time I ever. <laughs> it's a great story. When you're, you want to hear the story? I do. That's. I mean, anyway, we're here, brother. All right. So here's the. I'll give you the quick version. I was in the store one day, and I'm in the office, and all I could, you know, I'm listening to the guys because they're selling tackle and meeting with customers. These guys are talking, and I couldn't really tell what they were saying. I walk out the front door of my office. I said, what are you guys talking about? And one kid's Devin, his name is Devin, was working back then. He's not there anymore. But Def said, Devin? Oh, De- Def Devin. I said, what are, you, what are you talking? He says, man, I'm laying down mad bars, dude. I go, what? He goes, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be the new rapper, dude, the new biggest rapper on the scene. I said, no kidding, man. He said, what do you rap about? He goes, all fish rap. I said, hit me, man. Let me see what you got. And, uh, and it was horrible. It was okay, but he had like two sentences and then would get stuck. And then I would give him the next one. Right. Like r- right away. Was he trying to freestyle? He was freestyling, but it really wasn't working. But he's, he's got talent. Long story short, after about three songs that he did... He said, man, you really should write a rap song. I said, yeah, whatever, dude. Thank you, my dear. <laughs> I, you want me to get a bell? I will get a bell. Every time we need a drink, you heard her, right? You guys heard her? I heard it. I'm getting a bell. Ding, I'm going to put it right in the middle. And it's going to be like Family Feud, and we're going to be like face off, and then... That's it. And then she'll come with a new drink. That's it. So he says, uh, why don't you write a rap song? And I said, yeah, I really don't have time for that. That night, my wife was out of town, and I went home, and I said, I was sitting at the dining room table, and I said, you know what? I'm going to write a rap song, man. I'm mm-hmm. going to write the song. And we had just killed the big sword in a tournament with Bouncer. Mm-hmm. So I sat there, and I wrote the song that night, Bust a Nickel. Yeah, I know it. And Bust a Nickel. And so I, I came in the morning, and I said, hey, man, I wrote that song. He said, last night? I go, yeah. And he goes, hit me. So I gave him the lyrics. He said, you should really record that. And I was like, yeah, and I don't really have time for that. Maybe I, then later on, maybe I should do that. Anyway, I called my buddy who's in music. He says, you need to call this guy Eddie Perez. And, and Eddie said, come on down to the studio if you're ready. I said, sure. I sent him the track of, I researched tracks. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you can go online and buy everything today. So I researched the bass beat tracks and went online, found a track that I liked. Sent it to Eddie, went down, and it was funny because I walked in the studio and he had like gold records from Ludacris and all these these rappers, and I was really embarrassed kind of like that, that I actually went forth with it. Mm-hmm. But he says, he kind of said, you know, obviously, I'm old. So he looked at me and he's like, like, what are you doing, man? I'm like, yeah, I'm just writing. I wrote a rap song. You're not old. What? Technically, we are getting old. Technically, we're old. And we're going to talk about Technically, that Technically, we're old. Technically, we're old. Anyway, I went in and laid down the song at 11 o'clock. At 3 o'clock, I had my first song. And, man, they put it out, and it's been freaking cool ever since. We've done four, three or four other songs. And, and it, Paulie really loved it. Paulie was the first one to tell me about it. Yeah. Right? And he texted me. He's like, dude, you got to hear this yeah. shit. Yeah, it's good. And it's cool because people fun, send me man. the songs, dude, while they're fishing and they're, or they're catching a sword or they're waiting for a bite. You know, they're always sending me clips of the song while they're waiting. So it's like really exciting to see it. And we've done a several other songs and we're getting ready to drop. I'm actually going to the studio after I leave. Come on. 
tonight, man. You're I'm getting a little night session. I am, dude. We're, oh, you, know you got to give me a shout out on that song. Come I'm on, gonna, now. I just wrote a I wrote a song about my life in four minutes and thirty seconds, and it's uh, it's like a funk song, old yeah. school, nineteen eighty two, eighty three funk style song, mm-hmm. and uh, pretty cool, pretty cool song. So I'm getting ready to launch that, and then I did a another one. We're going in the studio, and it's called uh, Bigfoot Bill. It's about a it, it's about a Bigfoot who steals a mate's job on a boat, and uh, it's out there a bit, and uh, so that'll be an interesting one. But I, yeah, I've always got I love lyrics, dude. Love writing. Yeah, me too. Me too. I tell you, one one time I was um was that's how I learned the presidents when I was in the fifth grade. Mm-hmm. I wrote a rap to remember it. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish yeah, I was story a of my life. I wish I had a girl with a <laughs> come on collar. <laughs> you taking a dig at me? <laughs> Let's see if I remember it. Oh. Oh, my God. This is how I remember shit. On the shit. spot. Let's go. This is how I remember things. Yes. It's like word association. It's because like, of the artist's brain. You, you, we got to like think of shit like that just to remember it. Sure. This, uh, I wrote it for the, the other, pre- the other the second half of the presidents. We had to remember like the first <laughs> half of the presidents and then the second wow. half of the presidents. Adn. BC? Garfield was the first, and he wasn't a cat. He was assassinated while Arthur's where it's at. Grover Cleveland was elected twice. He was assassinated. In between that was Harrison. How nice. That is really, that was fresh. In the fifth grade. I can't believe I just remember that. <laughs> that, was, that was deaf. That's not deaf. We're getting a fifth grader. <laughs> no, but Garfield that's what... was the first, and he wasn't a cat. He was assassinated where Arthur's where it's at. But think Grover about Grover Cleveland was elected twice, but in between that was Harrison. How nice. That's how I remember that Grover Cleveland. Was elected, but then he skipped the term because Arthur came into the president and Grover Cleveland got elected. That's all. I'll never forget that that ever happened. But think about something. How old are you? I am 48 years old. You're so. old. Okay, so I'm 54. You're 48. And to remember back then, that just shows you we were around the inception of rap music. So the young bucks today don't even understand they don't, yeah, they don't, yeah. that we were, you were remembering presidents by rapping. Yeah. We've been around rap our whole lives. I don't think with today's current landscape of how things are just easily thrown around and tossed around that they can understand the impact of an album like N.W.A. Straight Outta Compton. No. Or Sugar Hill Gang. Right. Skittle, we bop, we rock a Scooby-Doo. Now, guess what? America, we we love love you. you. Come on, now bring it on. That's what I mean. Just takes you back to the Roxy dancing at Roxy days on US1. (laughs) So this new song that that I'm writing. So the first verse goes... I'm RJB from the LHP. I'm the tackle shop guy. Yeah, you may know me. I'm the guy rigging bait in the back of the shop. A swordfish bait for the next day's drop. But this ain't a song about rigging bait. I'm going to lay down my stories. So set it straight. My dad had a boat called the Looking Good. I cruised that sucker all around the hood. My brother was a mate. That's what he did. I was eight or nine, man. I was just a kid. My 10th birthday, I got my big wish. Off Hillsborough Inlet, I caught my first sailfish. Walking around like I was the goat. My brother was the headmate on the local drift boat. I told my dad the fishing life was cool. He slapped me on the neck. Say, get your ass to school. That was the Fritz of first verse on the new song. Nice. Yeah, but we but it's Sugar Hill Coolio. It's right, got right, this right. cruise it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, fuck yeah. And you can be fifty four and still have fun and do it. Do whatever you want. And right, years old. no doubt, there's no rules anymore. Fifty four right. is not old. No, I know. No, I, I feel. Not old. I, I feel. Listen, there's no more rules. Let's just put with, with that. That's what I'm saying. I'm declaring that there's no more rules because here, we're in a point in society you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Right? 
It's the American dream, right? Follow that path. Age, age is only something that's going to hold you back physically. Correct. Right? And it does for some people. For sure. You know, and but I don't think it should be something that holds you back psychologically. No. Like I was watching, I was watching the the Jimmy Ivy, Dr. Dre documentary. Did you see that three part series? It's great, man. Great, really fantastic, good. phenomenal, off the charts. Great, great do- three part documentary. But Dr. Dre said something really interesting in that, and I think towards the latter half of the whole documentary, he said music's some young, a young man's game, and that's why he produces and everything like that. I kind of took stock at that. Yeah. And I was like, you know, is it really, or is or is it just we wrote the rules that way? You know, but painting is not. Painting no, is no. eternal, right? But music is is a different form of art, right? Because it's so locked into subculture and it's so locked into pop culture. But I think it really kind of matters what kind of music you're creating. For sure. So as an addendum to what he said, I'm going to say, you know, maybe the kind of music that he wants to put out, maybe it's a young man's game. I don't know. But you're proving him wrong. I would say, yeah, I, honestly. And, and some of my songs are, are not just hip hop, but lyrically, to be able to sit down, write a song, have it flow, then pick a beat or style, it's funny because you can, and I'm learning this off the cuff, so I never went to school for it. Now, I owned a nightclub when I was 22, mm-hmm. and um, I had some of the best bands of all time. For five years, I had, I mean, I ran sound for three bands a night at times. Mm-hmm. It was called The Ambassador in Deerfield, mm-hmm. and uh, we had... The Spin Doctors, Molly Hatchet, Steel Paul, all, all the some of the biggest bands of all time. Yeah, I remember that. You tell me about that when you came out to the old Coral Springs yeah, studio. Yeah, yeah, the old studio. But no, from a music perspective, it's funny. It's so funny that we're talking about this because last night I was at the, I went to the Tipperary for a cocktail, and this dude comes up to me and says, hey, man, you, uh, you didn't call me. And I'm like, I, f- I almost forgot who he was, but I said, what do you mean? He said, yeah, we were going to hook up and talk about music. And, and he goes, he's a musician. And long story short, you know, he's an older guy. And I ended up going to his house yesterday to jam. And I may be actually getting into a band um, shortly. Really? Which, uh, yeah. You play an instrument? You know, I don't. I, I sing. So I do the lyrics. I can Triangle. I can work a shaker, too. But I can, you know, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Um, so... What was interesting about it was how I went to his house and he was, he had a steel drum set up and he loves reggae music. But to see a guy that's 50 fired up about music, playing his steel drum pots, talking about the different sounds and getting into it. And then, you know, he kind of, you know, we played a couple of my, my songs and he got on the guitar, a mandolin and a regular guitar and was able to just play a riff and bring the music to a different level mm-hmm. because it was natural off the cuff, really from a talented musician. So it was like, wow, man, we really need to do something. So we spent an hour last night and I think we both walked away like, and he has, his brother's a bass player. So yeah, the um, band's called uh, Bamboo Taxi. I like it. Kind of cool. Yeah, get me in on that, man. I'm going to get you in on it. You going to sing? Oh. Okay. Yeah, I'll sing. I guess I'll I'll sing. I'll play guitar. Okay. And I play <laughs> Even harmonica. If it's not on. I exactly. play harmonica too. Right. No doubt. As long as you're not playing the skin flute with a bunch of dudes, we're good. Carlene's back. Oh my god. We had we had a. I love that woman. Funny. It made me think of the circle jerks when she said that. So some of the bands <laughs> we had, a circle jerk. Uh, 
Agent Orange. We're breaking records on this yeah, one. Yeah, Bad Brains, Fear, some of the hardcore stuff we By have. the way, I never welcomed everyone, but welcome uh, <laughs> my, my special guest and very good friend, R.J. Boyle, of the Connected by Water podcast, yeah. powered by Joey Cardi, Chrysler, Dodge, G-Frame, and fueled by our very good friends at Papa's Pilar Room, who remind you never to be a spectator. We're drinking the Blonde and Ginger today. Ooh. Blonde and Ginger. Gotta have it. It's your fantasy. It is. Always has been. <laughs> it's great isn't it so listen the interesting thing i think about one of the i like the fact that we're starting off talking about music yeah because obviously we're both painters we're both designers right um but it's cool because i it brings a different perspective of the creative uh mind for us for sure to where when you do it for a living i feel that you still have this kind of creative outlet that needs to be filled and I think that's part of the reason why you and I are always getting into other shit. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, when we, like, we talked about, we, you and I talk about this at length. With, right. with the shit we got to deal with, with the shirts, the apparel, and the nightmare that can kind of propose sometimes. 100%. And, and sometimes, like, the creativity of it, like, gets, like, sucked right out of it. Because you know, it becomes too much, like, it very much becomes a business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the things that you just put on autopilot and like the systematic things that, that, um, and I don't mean to downplay any of it because it's all great stuff and you super appreciate it for both of us have carved out a niche that, you know, is, is a very fortunate thing that we'll be able to do this in our lives. I mm-hmm. just want to make that clear before I go into my rant. Yep. Right. But you know, a lot of it can become very just autopilot robotic and just like, man, is this creative anymore? Sometimes, you know, you can get in that because you and I are very busy, right? Mm -hmm. We deal with a lot of the same customer base and it's like a lot of like the same, you know, workload and workflow Mm -hmm. and it just can become daunting. Yep. Um, for, for lack of another word, there are many words to describe that. Um, but it's important, I think for a creative to always find, these different outlets that, For sure. that they can kind of pursue because when it, <clears throat> you got to be able to do creative, that's not work related. And when I say creative, it's music too. For sure. It doesn't know? matter what it is. doesn't matter. No. And, you know, I would say really to that, you know, <laughs> I I live a really cool life. Like unbelievable. You yeah. Know it doesn't mean? suck. No. Uh, one day I'll be fishing. The next day we'll do an artwork. The next day, well, we'll do swordfish bills. Now we're going to do films on fishing. Now we're going to make music today. I mean, God's gifted us with some special gifts. There's no question. And so the fact that we're, we, we're able to, to execute on those and make a living doing what we do mm-hmm. is, is special. You know, so those gifts are something else. So to me, I, I've always... You know, as long as you're using your gifts in the right way. But it's like, I remember, you know, when I fished for a living, you know, fishing 300, 275 to 300 days a year. One of the things that you can, I remember, you know, people get on the boat with the Mickey Mouse ears on in the morning. I want to catch a sailfish, you know, and you've, you've been out the last 14 days. And, you know, fishing's fun until you have to do it for a living. Right. Right. So when you're out there, well, it's arts the same. Art can be the same way. Sure. Right? And, and I'm always drawing, trying to draw parallels to art and fishing on the show because I think there's a very intertwined. For sure. Yeah. No question. And spending time on the boat, but what you notice is like I have a I have a great captain who runs our boat, Lisa B. 
But, you know, when I think about Mark, now I fished for Mark as his mate for four and a half years, right? Mark's been a captain, a charter captain for the last 40 plus. But Mark is a a people guy. Mm -hmm. He's got more He loves to tell a joke. He loves people. He's a, you know, and if you're not that, then it becomes difficult. And then the charter business, you know what I mean? Yeah. But when you have to fish for a living, if you see light in in other things, whether that's people, you know, that's a huge, a huge thing for, for a guy who spends that kind of time on the water doing something when it's, you know, it's wonderful when it's flat calm like it is, you know. Right. But when it's four to six and. You know, the guy tells you that they're all Vikings and we're the, and then all of a sudden they're getting sick at the sea buoy, but because they're not, it just, it, it can it can draw you down a bit. Mm-hmm. But he's funny. He says, well, Bob, just remember, we do one show a day. Right. And when the show's over, the people tomorrow don't know anything about your show today. So I'm on stage to to provide a really good time for the people. Mm-hmm. And that's so... Well, that's uh, that's how I always look at. I always call the charter it chartering is the entertainment oh, business. Hundred percent. I mean, people want to say sport fishing. All they could say that all they want, but when you start chartering, it's the entertainment business. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I was a. I used to dance a lot in the cockpit. Tell I'm me. a pretty good dancer. Tell me all. You would it. never think. I'm glad I'm, you said cockpit at the yeah, end of that sentence. I was yeah. waiting for <laughs> some stories. I can move, man. I can move. I'm a little scared there, RJ. No, six four. I can. Hey, I'm only human. Come on, six five white dude that tells me he dances. Show me. But you know, if if a guy tells you that, he probably can. I'm convinced. You, you put a wig on and you put those leather pants on. You start banging a triangle. Dude, you look just like Will Ferrell. Banging a what? Uh, so I don't know. I, I went to Pope the John triangle. Paul. So when in high cow school, bell, a cow <laughs> in high school. 1980, I'm going to say 81, 82, 83. Dude, all we did was break dance. I got paid to break dance and open Domino's Pizza with the Aunt Matthews brothers. Yeah, paid These for guys, that? 100%, man. We used to windmill on our heads and do all that. Hell Come yeah. Come on, dude. We did it all. That was back breaking in the, two oh electric boogaloo. Hey, popping and locking, yeah, dude. We right. didn't play. Oh, there, oh, there it is. Through, oh, there it is. Come on. You got to be able to pop it through. <laughs> you know I can move now. I'm watching yeah, you. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm watching you. That was good. Six four two twenty. <laughs> I mean six six five two eighty. Um, <laughs> come on, man. Oh, Blondie's kicking. Well, what in. is it? Six four two twenty or six five two eighty? I well, I started out as when when I pitched. You know, I was a pitcher for right. years. So I, yeah. when I was in the program, I was six five two fifty. He pitched for the Marlins. Uh, Minors, minor league, but I, yeah. really, I, yeah. you know, because everybody's everybody's listed bigger than they are. So I was six five two forty, I think. But really, I was like six three and a half, one ninety five. Okay. But they listed you bigger than you were. Right. Um, now Are they counting the cleats <laughs> and the hairdo back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was a good. Was it Jackie Moon? That, you know what? It was funny, man. I true story. The second Will Ferrell. I gotcha. I gotcha. True story. So my manager, when I played the minors, not very long because I wasn't that good. But I was, I was. You're good enough to play minor league baseball, though. I was, but I couldn't. I I couldn't have to. I I I'd either in the song I just wrote. Either I'd hit you in the back, or I'd strike you out. That was the deal. I could throw really hard, ninety something miles an hour. Right. But I, you know, I had glasses this thick. Back then, they were making like government issue squares. Right. That's what I had. Yeah. Anyway, um, you know, an interesting story <laughs> about that. But no, you know, um, Jumbo, right? Justin Leighton. I do. Right. He played yes. at Florida. You know Justin. Yes. So he played at Florida State. Like full ride there, whatever. Right. 
he tells me this that he can pit, he can throw like ninety five mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? Did he really pitch for FSU? Yeah, Mike did too. I know FSU. Yeah. Oh, no, stop it! I, I, with my wife went there. You are surrounded by some of those. I'm right just now. messing with you. My wife went there too. All right, we're gonna start circling that TP. Circle the wagons. I just asked a question. I, I see two shits I, about I college the, men. I, I the, <laughs> Sad to say. Anyway, so anyway, but he's because he's not tall, so he there's a whole thing where his coach at Florida State says you'll never make pro because you're not tall enough. Yep. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm throwing in the 90s. He's like, yeah, but you're short. 90 from you is different from a 90. That's a guy from here. Guy, your that's right. Height. 100%. Because your release is a lot closer to the plate. No question. And I never realized that until he explained that. I was like, man, that's right. And I played baseball growing up all my whole life. Mm-hmm. I never really kind of clicked on that until he said that. You know what's crazy? Baseball was my life. I wanted to be a major league baseball player. That was my goal in life. My brother was a great pitcher. You know, when, <laughs> and I'll never forget, you know, even sign, I, I finished at FAU. My dad had gotten sick. I, I signed a letter of intent to go to Oklahoma, Sooners. Same week, my dad gets terminal cancer. I, I, I said, Dad, what do you want me to do? He said, I'd rather, I'd like you to go to FAU so I can watch you play for the oh, last man. couple of years. Yeah. So. Really? Yeah. So I, I finished at FAU. And, um, Dude, I, how'd that make you feel? I mean, I, I mean, I don't mean to put you on a one-sided couch, but but seriously, that's that's a deep thing. Deep, deep. Mm-hmm. Full ride to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Dad's dying of cancer. Yep, and he wants you to stay home for college, and you got a baseball future ahead of you. Yeah, no question. And so it wasn't an option. It was a, it was a life-changing thing at a very crucial age. Right. What are you about? 17, 18, 18? Yeah. I would say I was, I think I was 18. And I, I remember, I remember getting the news, you know, all our family went down to somewhere in Miami where the, some hospital and they said, well, they, they gave them a, a year to live. And, uh, it was like, it's just a bad dream. You thought you were, you know, you'd wake up and you said, oh, you know, it's actually not a dream. And then the next day you'd wake up and you didn't really sleep. And so like you're, there's this there's this whole thing of hoping it was a dream, but it never was type mm-hmm. thing. Anyway, long story short, so you ne- you know, for a year, I want to say maybe he lasted a year and a month after that, and great, greatest guy of all time, and was never able to, uh, you know, you can't ever smile for a year and a day, because if you catch yourself smiling or having a good time during the course of knowing your dad's going to be gone, that you you felt guilt. It was a weird feeling, so... You know, and especially as being a kid. Now I have five brothers and sisters, so I have an old. I have three sisters and, and an older brother. You're you're of six. Of five. All right. Right. Second I'm youngest. Of six. You're of six. A lot. I'm the youngest. Yeah. Yeah. So you're the okay. So I, so I get where you're coming from. Yeah. So so my sister, um, I had an older sister and an older brother. One of them's passed away already, and then I have another one, another older one. But you know, for for that time. The only thing looking back now, yeah, it was a difficult time, you know, but I think the hardest thing was never getting to a point where you were able to talk to your dad like a man. Mm-hmm. You know, you couldn't talk to him about girls or women. You know, I was 18, 17, 18 years old. We yeah. weren't at that level. So, you know, I feel like I missed that, you know. Um, so that that's what I wish I would. I mean, listen. Everybody's dealt their card in, in right. life, you know what I mean? Yeah. So 
it, and you know people have a, a lot worse than I do. Um, but you know it was a, it was a stressful time for a, an adolescent back at the time, and playing baseball and doing that and being a part of it was rough, man. I think um, you know it, it definitely kind of hits home for both me and for Carlene because we we both lost a parent mm-hmm. um, within a year's time. Here, right it has it been a year well it's crazy that he says this because i'm looking at him and i lost my father at like 19 years old cancer they gave him six months he lasted eight okay. youngest of six kids yep. you know i got four brothers and a sister a little bit opposite of you but yeah it's it's uh you almost go third person with it totally you don't really it's like just come rolling with the motion i'm walking yeah. outside of myself looking in because because did your father like start doing more it seemed like my dad wanted to like build brick like walls in front of us like he net like that activity i guess to clear their mind to like take it off what they were thinking about really it's just mm-hmm. he started doing like he was redoing his house he was building as out front building little you know brick walls and I'm like dad you've got like four months to go like let's do something let's go to vape you know let's live what is it you want to do and he's just like i just want to you know, just simple things that he was knew that he would never be able to do before again. Excuse me, it's pretty crazy. I'm like, yeah. how do you just wrap yeah. your head around that? And everybody reacts different. Like, you know, we we don't know how we would react if tomorrow they said, you know, that somebody told us we had a year, right? But I remember knowing that he had a year and and, and just watching the demise. One of the craziest things I think about, you know, he had just bought his business, right? Even though. He was involved in the furniture business his whole life. He had just purchased, so he he had this hidden pressure, right, mm-hmm. to pay the bills. He had a big mortgage, and so, and I'll never forget one of the things we had to move him downstairs into a, a garage area that we had redone, and into a hospital bed, and we all had to take turns staying with him because he wouldn't sleep because he was afraid he would die if he went to sleep. So, I would take. A couple hours, then Carrie, my sister, would come in. Maureen would come in, and my and and so we'd all rotate. And you know, one of the craziest things I ever, you know, when you think about it, back then was he had colon cancer. And from what I remember, like he he wasn't okay with having a colostomy bag, mm-hmm. and it was like, if I and I didn't know this then. Just get the bag. Just do what you have to do to stay alive. Right. And long story short, he didn't want to deal with living like that in some fashion. I blame him. I, I kind of do. You do. Hundred okay. percent. I blame him because I never had. I never got to keep going with my over a yeah. bag. Wear yeah. the bag. Right. Deal with the bag. There's a guy that kicks for in the NFL. Ralph Bonerska had a bag kicking sixty yard field goals. Mm-hmm. Deal with the bag. I never felt when I found that the out. Point. I was like, really over a bag, he wanted to fight this and go to this guy. And he want, he was going to go to who told him the best story that he could last. And so really, when I think about those nights, two, three, four in the morning, where he would walk, we, we would position a lazy boy in front of the door so he couldn't get out. So he would wander the room while you were trying to sleep. And it's three in the morning, you get pissed. Dad, lay down, just lay in the bed, you know. And he would, he'd get up, and, it, and once he saw the sun come up, he, he would, this is crazy. So he would say, I got to go to the bathroom. And I'd, we'd go into the bathroom, and he would, uh, he would, he would, didn't even have his toothbrush. And he would have his eyes closed, and he'd brush his teeth. And then he'd come out, and he'd sit on the bed, and he'd, he'd button his shirt, but he didn't have a shirt on. 
See, he'd go through the motions of putting his clothes on because he had to provide for his family mm-hmm. because it was undone. It was a very uneasy time to see somebody go through having the pressure, knowing in their mind that they that they still needed to provide and want to do that. And there was no ease to his death. Mm-hmm. So it was horrible to watch. Yeah. You know, and I, and that when you watch that firsthand for a year, the demise of a human being, man, it changes you. It changes you. Heavily. And so, and not change everybody, it changes most though, because I, I got to tell you, it was, even think about, you know, like my, my, my sister Carrie, youngest, she's the youngest, she was down here this weekend, but we sit and talk about those things, you know, gosh, remember, I, my mom just died eight months ago or so, and just to watch that whole thing and, you know, and just, there's not too many people you can share with, mm-hmm. you know, obviously that saw the specifics of that death. Death is a part of our life. But now that you, you know, but you talk about losing somebody, I mean, it's in this life. See, to me, truthfully, after a lot of experiencing a lot of death, um, I know where I'm going. So I'm kind of yeah. okay with it. Yeah. To be honest with you. Yeah, I I'm, I know I'm going to heaven, and I, I feel really good about it. And it's a lot easier than this. This here, this is a difficult life. It's tough, man. This is a this is a tough life. You know, even though we have do cool stuff, there's a lot of people that don't. You know, that's half the reason why I do cool stuff because it's pretty much like, like it might as well. You have to. You know what I mean? One hundred percent. But you know, it's funny because we always say that, like. This whole show, this whole platform, we wanted to say, I'm bringing on most of the guys I bring on are fishermen, mm-hmm. captains, you know what I mean, friends that, whatever. But we we try to also put a, like, cast a wider net and bring in, just gets connected by water, not connected sure. to fishing, right? But we always say it's a fishing show, it's not about fishing. And that's really important that, you know, you're talking about, I didn't want to bring you on to talk about fishing or, or any kind of technique. Lord knows you talk about that enough on your, on your platform with your RJ's crew and all that, like that you get enough of that. Right. And that's not why I brought you in here, but I'm very happy that you're kind of talking about that. Cause one of the things that we always say, this is an organic platform right. and we don't know where the conversation right. is going to go. And that, that, sure. that's it. it just takes on a life of its own. I'm very happy about this. Cause I really want to get into some things because I've been going through a tough time recently just business-wise, sure. psychologically, yep. right? And we talked about this like a couple months ago. Well, you know what I mean? I no opened question. up to you and I'm like, man, you know, getting a little frustrated with this and that and the other thing. And it could eat you alive if you let yep. it get to you and you got to just kind of rise above it all and God's talking to yep. us, right? There you go. I love Make, it. Making toys. Yep. Oh, I'm good for now. Yeah. I got to get the bell. <laughs> dang, dang. So it's like, but I want to talk about perspective today. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and that's really, really important. And I think and it's really important, I think, for me or you and I to talk about that because therapeutically it'll help me to, to be able to lean on someone else who understands really, truly what, sure. I, what I deal with. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you deal with the exact same thing that mm-hmm. I do. Um, and, you know, it, it's helpful to understand that. But, you know, there's a lot of parallels going on obviously you're bringing up something very deep and emotional to you mm-hmm. um we're brought up things that are deep and emotional to us right right um but perspective wise it's helpful to be able to share that when 
you had your recent episode where you went in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Did that help you change your perspective? So nobody I, really I, knows about it. I'll I don't tell, know. Yeah, no yeah. one really knows about it. So, right. and I, and so I'll, I, I'll let it out. I wanted to clear, that, you, clear yeah, that with you so before it, we started recording. Right. So, so true story. So, gosh, man. December 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th, whatever it was. Yeah. And to be clear, I texted you saying, hey, you want to do a podcast? And you're like, not right now. I'm not feeling good right now. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I, th this is for, I think it's helpful, this story for all guys, all mm -hmm. guys, anybody, women, men, anything to, to get physicals, get checked out properly. So I get a physical every year. You know, my wife's on me. I, Even though I have the Irish skin, I get, you know, I'm always getting checked. You know, you're bleeding. Um, so, I know. <laughs> Something got him. Anyway, went to sleep one night. I don't sleep that well. Never. Mm -hmm. Just don't sleep. I'm always going. Yep. I got yep. art to do. I got this. I'm with you. And it's really bad for you. But I wake up on a. On a you're Irish and you're an artist. That's it. So, Wednesday night. <laughs> Double whammy. That's it, this guy. <laughs> Wednesday night, 3.30 in the, in the morning, I wake up. And I'm laying on my side, and I'm like, and I and I sit up in my bed. And I'm like, oh man, hurt. But I thought I was laying on my arm because mm -hmm. I was. I sit on the bed 15 minutes, goes away. Lay back down, go to sleep. Next next night, 3:30 in the morning, same exact position. Wake up. I'm laying on my arm. It's your right arm. Right arm. Right arm. Not left. Hurts even worse. 20 minutes, it goes away. But I'm because I'm waking up to it, uh, laying on it. I'm thinking I'm you separating on your arm. my totally. yeah, yeah. So it's Saturday morning, and three thirty, I wake up and it's like taking an ice pick to your spinal cord. Ugh. And I'm laying on the same in the same position, and I sit up in the bed, and I'm like, and I remember thinking. God's blessed me this my whole life. I've been relatively healthy, but I feel like maybe now I sl I did something to a disc. I did something in my neck. My and I have, I have um. What do you call it when you eat Italian food? Sometimes uh, oh, the, heartburn. Did the heartburn? I don't get heartburn. Yeah, I got heartburn, and I'm thinking. And I thought I slept a disc, so I'm walking around the house like moving my shoulder, but it's like interiorly, and and so I'm like. Yeah, something's not right here, and and my wife is in Tennessee, and I'm by myself. And so that's I, even scarier. So I'm, I sit on the lazy boy, and I'm like, I Google having a heart attack symptoms. Oh, oh man, heartburn, shoulders in pain and shoulder. WebMD. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh. Okay. You think you're gonna die? Dilated eyes. So. I'm hurting that bad, so I can't really breathe in all the way because it feels like the ice pick sticking between my vertebrae. And so I'm like, the, the second I read that, I put my shoes on. Instead of calling 911 like I should have, I get in my car and start driving to Boca Community Hospital. Mm -hmm. About halfway there, it was like a 100-pound a lead on your chest. Here it comes, man. It's coming. Really? Yeah. And I can't breathe. I can't breathe more than just a really shallow breath. Did right? you have a heart right. attack recently? So this is what we're going. Okay, I didn't realize that. You, I'm, my right. apologies. Yeah, so no, that's yeah, that's, a, that's okay. a, So I'm. I I had never had a heart attack. I'm on my way. I'm up at Dixie and Glades Road, halfway there, and I can't breathe. 
Thank God I didn't catch a train. So I get to the hospital. Yeah, right. And I ditch my car in the ER, mm-hmm. running, barely made it inside. And they take me in. They put me on morphine and uh, the drip or whatever, the nitro or whatever they put you on. And uh, go in there. And the guy says, uh, I need to lay you down on this table to, to check you. They gave me something, must have put the dye in you. You mm-hmm. just see. Well, I said, I can't lay down. My back hurts so bad. Anyway, he says, well, you don't have a choice, so here we go. And he pushes me, to, and it hurts so bad, I start yakking everywhere. Really? Everywhere. I was done. I was just like, he pushes me down on the table to get me into the thing, and I start puking everywhere. So they get me in the thing. They take me out. They get me into a room, and uh, this guy comes in. Several hours later, and it was the worst night of all time because there was a guy in the in the bed next to us who was snoring so bad I just wanted to go to sleep, and he was. And I, I think I lost it on him a couple times, and I never to this day even know who was in there. But um, doctor comes in, cool dude, nice guy. But he comes in, he says, "Hey man, how you doing?" I said, "I'm do- I'm doing alright." He said, "You're in rough shape, bud. Really bad shape." We're going to be doing a quadruple bypass on you this morning. Whoa. And I'm like, okay. Doesn't he, sound fun. So I go, there was a nurse. So he goes, give me a minute. Walks out. How and the I'm hell so, did that make you feel when you heard that? I didn't even, okay. It is didn't, what it didn't, is. No. Didn't compute. You know, it, it did. You know, it is what it is. It was funny. There was a nurse. You're probably like thinking, like, at least I'm in the right place. I, I made it here. I'm here. Yeah. And and so he would. There was a lady. There was a nurse helping the 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 guy next to me, and she like pulls this curtain back and she goes, "Are you all right?" And I'm like, "Yeah. Why?" She goes, "Well, there's no nurse here to like comfort you. That was some pretty heavy news." I'm like. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? I'm like, holy shit. The guy, all of a sudden, he walks back and he goes, you're not diabetic. I go, no. I go, I get a physical every year. I don't, I mean, I, yeah, I might be a few pounds overweight, no doubt. And every, but he goes, the fact that you're even walking around mm-hmm. is a miracle, dude. You have, you have no blood running through three of your arteries or whatever he says. And, and he goes, but you're not diabetic. Let me. I said, no. He goes, all right, I'll be back in. <laughs> Comes back in and he says, we're going to put stints in instead of doing this. So long story short, this was on a Saturday morning at 4 o'clock or whatever. And he says, but my crew is not here till Monday. So I'd like to hold off till Monday if you make it till then. I'm like, what the? What do you fuck? make it till then? Are you then? kidding me? Said, no, didn't mean, he didn't mean <laughs> make it till Exactly. <laughs> he didn't mean make it till then. Was he messing with you? Right, no, but he goes, no. But so the nurse g- comes back over and goes, did you, how'd you take that? Right. <laughs> oh my like, God. If you make it till that meaning, if you don't have another episode, that, that next morning at 3.30, 3.15, I'm sleeping. 20 people running in the room. You're going now. You're having to have a Happened heart attack. again. Happened again. Same exact time the next morning. They took me in, put me under whatever. I wake up on the, this is the, <laughs> I wake up on the uh, slab or whatever you like got there. Gurney or, yeah. And so they, they shave your groin, they shave your arm and whatever. I'm Go landing. into that a little more? Yeah, they shave <laughs> you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they shave your Irish. <laughs> Yours was already shaved. It was like a, um, <laughs> took care of it for you already, guys. We're good. <laughs> We're good. Um, <laughs> So 
<laughs> I'm laying on the I'm laying on the slab or whatever. And I wake up and I look to my left and I see the big screen, right? It's a big computer screen and the what, are you looking at your nuts? Yeah, no, that, those were that was the the that was, that was about this big. <laughs> so I'm looking at the screen. I'm like, what the hell am I looking at here? Right? Yeah, you see, you can see the arteries. There's a black thing in it. I hear he says, "You all right, dude?" And I look up, and two guys are sitting right here, doctor and his buddy. And I said, "Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out what's going on." He says, "You see the black thing on the screen there?" I said, "Yeah." He says, "That's a stint. I'm putting it in. Watch, he's going to blow up your artery real oh, quick." So you woke up on the table? Yes. Right. Oh, fuck. So you need another drink. Come so, so, on. Yeah, I'm <laughs> going oh, dark. How you guys doing over there? Just give Pilar. me the ding, I'm good. Ding. I need okay. a break. But <laughs> 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 well, this is a true story, right? So, so I said, he said, I'm putting the stint in. He's going to blow up your artery. Ready? Watch this. So I watch my artery go like this. The guy takes the stint, puts it there. He takes the air out, and the blood goes through. The unity, unity. Oh my gosh, dude. And I saw so him like, and while I'm watching this, the girl goes, "Oh, by the way, you know our the the doctor here. He's a big fishing guy. You're a fishing guy." Oh, can you guy, sign right? this print for me, real so, quick? So he says, <laughs> "So I go, I go, I go, I go." Oh, I was kind of out of it. I'm like, "Okay," you know. I, she says, "Yeah, he just got a, he, he goes, "I just, I just sea trialed my new boat." Oh. And I said, "What kind of boat is?" It? He says, "This kind of boat." And I said. He, and I didn't say anything. And he goes, well, aren't you going to say anything about the boat? Like, do you like it? He, I said, probably one of the worst boats ever made. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, I, honestly, kind of and I said it'll float forever, but the finish work is probably the worst I've ever seen on boats. He said, you realize I'm doing surgery on you right now. Right? Wow. And laughed. He was great. So I, we, we all laughed for a second. And then I go, honestly, you know, probably why I'm, I have to pee so bad. Hold your mic. What kind of boat was it? I can't say that. I can't do that. No, I can't do that. <laughs> My question is, have you called your wife yet at this point? Oh, yeah. Is so there, she's okay. trying to get on a plane from Tennessee <laughs> oh, to yeah, get her. down to me. Just she's, making sure she's in the loop for the whole thing. They're, they're all doing this, and she's trying to come down. And I said, I got to pee really bad, man, like real bad. He's like, just go. Just you got, go. You got a thing under, you got a gallon under you, a whole thing. I start taking a pee. Let me tell you something, dude. I'm peeing, and I'm peeing, and I'm peeing. Then I'm wondering, am I, I'm wondering. You got a bag on? Am I really still peeing, or does it feel like you're peeing? Then all of a sudden, I'm getting wet, and I'm like. Sounds like me every morning. No, I go to, I said to him, I said, whatever's under here is full. He goes, it's two gallons, not a chance. Nurse comes over. She goes, oh, there's a chance. Keep on, it's going? Two gallons. Come on. So, long story short, I never realized that when you are, so I went in on a Saturday, I left on a Tuesday, I lost 22 pounds of water. When you're having a heart issue, your heart sweats. When your heart's failing, it sweats water into your body. And he goes, oh, you told me that. That's right. And I lost all this weight. All this water was just kind of, he goes, didn't you notice you're putting on weight? I go, yeah. So I walked an extra mile that night. I kept walking every night thinking I was like putting on, but I wasn't doing anything different than I normally would do. That night I walked three miles, went to bed, felt great. And then that happened at 3.30. Long story short, back to your original question. Which I can't remember. Perspective. Thank you. Right. Think about this. 
you go through that and you say, it didn't get really get me. This chair is horrible. Um, Thanks. Yeah, just letting you know. Just, just like the C-Ray you described. <laughs> I think that they made this. <laughs> so, honestly, the worst thing, here's the, here's the worst part of it. Two nights, my wife got there. Two nights later, we're at home, right? Never forget this. You know, you have certain visions in your li- life as a human that you'll never forget. I remember, and I love movies. So I go to, I watch movies all the time. I'm in one of the bedrooms and I'm my wife's at the table, the dining room table doing some paperwork. And I walk out and I'm looking at her and I was imagining that I wasn't there. Hmm. Imagine if I had died and I was imagining that I had died and I was looking at her thinking what if she was doing funeral arrangements with the papers she's shuffling right now and she's getting ready to have to deal with that death and and her children and just the whole thing and that got me and and I, and, and when I was looking when I was looking at her that night it was just it spooked me out um it's just scary to think that you know that and as much as I know where I'm going I really love being here because we do cool stuff but that got me. Faith, hope, mm-hmm. and love. Sure. Right? So that's what kind of what keeps you going. 100%. Me, I've already done everything. Like, we haven't even talked about fish. Fishing for me. We're not going to No, I don't. Fishing is a, is a, is a, is a You don't talk about vessel. what fishing means to you. Vessel. That's what we talk about. My sword fishing and fishing to me is only your, or my life vessel mm-hmm. of going through life. And yeah. doing what I'm doing, whether it's art or music or fishing or whatever. That's just your vessel for you to get from here to here. But when you talk about your family and your, you know, your wife and your, your kids and your look, it's, it's, a, it's a, it, was, it was shocking to me to, to think because we have creative minds, right? Imagining her making funeral arrangements when I walked out of the bedroom and she didn't see me. And I imagined like, saying something right then hey honey and she didn't look up because it wasn't real yeah you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like i was actually st- i almost wanted to say i didn't want to say it because maybe there was a chance i was actually seeing from the outside you know what i mean think about the struggle of doing what we do kind of like this hybrid of combining passion with work and the balance of it all and trying to figure out um, happiness throughout it all. And sometimes it's a challenge. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the choices that we've made in our lives to get to the point where we are mm-hmm. have obviously been the right choices. Um, from a perspective of we're both successful in this. Mm-hmm. Um but if you really kind of tie it in what it all means and what it matters and you start thinking about second half issues, mm-hmm. like it really, like when we were younger, like I'm sure you had the idea in your head, like I'm going to paint fish and it's going to be this cool ass life and everything like that. But then you have family and you have kids and then you start becoming a business and you start taxes and excel sheets and bottom lines and all this other kind of crap and it becomes this other thing Mm -hmm. 
um, unintended consequence kind of thing, right? Which is good because that's how you know you're actually taking it to the level it needs to be. But at the same time, it can take away the original fire that you had for this, mm-hmm. right? Sure. You still have that fire? I would say that I have too much fire, man. I do. I do. And, but in a different light, coming from a different perspective. What's that perspective? You know, I do a lot with underprivileged kids. I do a lot with special needs children. Thank my you for dad, taking it that direction. My father was big into special needs when I was young. I grew up in around that. Um, you know, one of the things that's hugely important to me, man, in, in my life, like we're all sitting here, right? We're all fel- hanging out. We're fellowshipping. We're talking about life. We're trying to figure it out as human beings and God's creatures here, you know, and like you're figuring like, what is, what is this? Like, what is my purpose here? Right. What is, mm-hmm. what is it really, is your purpose that is your, is that just your vessel? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I can tell you that you've done that painting and you did that painting and that's a great painting and that one's great. This one's okay. That, and, that one is whatever. We're so open about our paintings. Right? We don't care about that. But if you think about it. The hell's it, wrong with Scatter. I, I love that one. Um, but if you think about it, and, and people don't really realize this. This is a truth. When you, when you talk to an artist or you talk to a guy like that, when you look at a painting and you say, man, uh, that painting or this painting right here that's behind me, do you know how much time alone is spent? Not just thinking about the technique or pulling it off. It's the, the, what goes on between your ears to be able to pull that off, right? Mm-hmm. So all of the years of technique and tool and being able to train yourself, it still took you how many hours? 180. 180 hours. So that's days and days and days of being alone, staring two to three feet from a canvas with some liquid paint and a paintbrush, right? So keeping the passion for that at times, especially if you're not doing it for yourself, man, you talk about a trying thing. So when you say, you know, do I still have a passion for it? I have more passion for wanting to paint what I want to paint, which doesn't really happen all that often. Bingo. And that's the hard part. I'm kind of getting... Mm. Don't mix cups. He had, you feel I something? have the green one. Yeah, don't mix cups. Keeping an eye on him. Um, so, going back Maybe to... Iris it, cups today. I know. <laughs> hey, there it is. Oh, look at that. She said, do you drink? I said, here's the tattoo. Like, right? So, going back to it, I feel the older I get, the more I want to paint for things that I truly want to. Um, how many marlin have you painted, Dennis? How many swordfish have you painted? How many? So I don't care if you sell Italian furniture, high-end sets. Doesn't matter what you do. You gotta love what you do, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not always fun. I don't right. care. Fishing guys, yeah, you can say that's the best life. When you do it every single day, it, it's it's very difficult. So for, for us, for God, creative guys, it's, it's about doing things that you truly want to do. And it's the fight between making the wage. Mm-hmm. 
So making the wage and, and paying the mortgage or being financially independent and not having to constantly do for others when it comes to job or commission. Right. So the older I get, like even with the other, you know, I have to pull back on certain aspects of my life. And even if it costs me money, I will make, again, thinking, I'm going to concentrate more efforts in the thing that, things that I enjoy. And because I'm creative and because I give a 110% to whatever it is, I will make it up here. Mm-hmm. If I don't want to do commissions and I don't want to draw boats, I don't need to. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to spend so much time doing this that I want to make it up. And I'm confident in that. You know what I mean? Thank, Thank you, you Carlene. Thank you. But it, it's a wonderful thing. It's, but again, it's so time consuming and people have n- very time consuming. People and have no option. No, I'm glad no you brought up. I'm glad you cheers, brother. Cheers. I'm glad you brought up, um, you know, the painting for yourself thing, mm-hmm. because I think that's really important, especially as, as you know, father time starts creeping up and you start perspective, you start looking at, sure. you know, I, you know, it's funny and I'll get to my point, but I want to bring this up first because I think it's, important to illustrate the fact that I was talking to Troy at the Pompano Beach Seafood Festival mm-hmm. and he goes, how old are you? I'm like, 48. Right? I'm like, why? How old are you? And he goes, oh, shit. I can't remember. Oh, 43. Like that. You see, I'm getting old. I, I'm forgetting. I said, that's not what's happening. He goes, what do you mean? I go, what's happening is you you got so affixed with tuning yourself up to 40. Oh, I'm 38, 39, getting to 40, and they're going to have that big bash and everything like that, right? And yeah. once you hit 40, then you don't give a shit. You start going, oh, am I 41? Am I 42? Am I 43? I don't, I don't know. Sure. You know what I mean? You actually do start forgetting your age. Right? Oh, it oh. happened to me, too. I was like, well, what am I, 43, 44? I couldn't remember. Mm-hmm. But as you start creeping towards 50, you start remembering again because you're not 50 yet. Mm-hmm. Right? And you're just like, no, no. I'm 47, bro. I am not there yet. Right. Right. You, then you start really remembering your, no, nah, I'm 48 there. Yet. Uh, I'm not there yet. Right. Right. That's you start, you start. Remember. Sure. So the saying is you take your perspective and you start looking at the second half of your life. No question. Okay. And then you got to start asking yourself about the vessels and what's important. What's the vessel? What's the important vessel that you want to ride? Correct. In, right. Yes. You're going to pay for yourself. Right. Yeah. You got to pay for yourself because there's the balance of making money and there's the intrinsic value that you're going to take with you in life, right? And, and you're going to say, all right, well, I got to really look at what I built here and what's worth keeping doing and what's not and what's going to make me happy because is happiness the goal? Yes, it is the goal. Happiness? Yeah. It's not money. Right. Money's the byproduct of what doing what we do. So if you're gonna let the if you're gonna let the client rule your day, yeah, no, and you and I and I watch you. You know, I think about you a lot. Um, you're awesome, dude. I gotta tell you, man. That makes I, two of us, RJ. I think about you. I think about. I'll never forget this. There's a kid living across the street from my mom in Deerfield, Steve Pori, and and. I was doing artwork. I've always tried to make a was trying to make a living doing artwork, but I was never the best artist or anything. I was kind of a run of the mill. Kind of still. I, Stop I can do with some that. Good. When you're growing, you're trained in art. You're a good I'm not artist, really tra- RJ. Right. Great artist. My point is, I'll never forget Steve. Man, I must have been. Let's say I was 21. He's holding up a dolphin shirt. 
like a, a, a mahi jumping. Mm-hmm. You know Dennis Friel. I said, I don't know who the hell. Who the hell's Dennis Friel? He says, oh, he's the best artist. And I look at the dolphin on the back he of the shirt. And mahi. I said, I said, holy crap, man. What a watch out for this dude, man. And you, and you weren't in the game no. forever. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I start seeing some artwork by Dennis Friel. And I go, Steve Pori. <laughs> that was the dude. And you went to high school with him or something. So a funny, funny story about Steve yes. was that in high school, you know Gibbons, all the parking lots all outside, right? Yeah. So we you keep our books in our trunk. Yeah. Those the parking rooms. lots are outside. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> Just saying. It's the blonde. Yes, it's the room. See, just, it's, that's it, coming from reached, a Polak, okay? We have, reached, <laughs> I mean, just, hey, we have reached the inevitable point in the show where yes. the rums kicked in. Okay. All We kept our books in our trunks. Right. In, outside in, in a lot. parking lot. Everyone was outside. That was our locker room. That's yes. what I meant to say. The lockers were outside. Right. Sure. Yanni's so comforting pretty. me here. That's, it's okay. He's like, it's okay, Dennis, lay down. It's okay. So, so Steve, like in between classes, like, hey, D, you got to come check this out, right? Yeah. And he's like, this little black tape, right? Nine Inch Nails, pretty hate machine. Cassette. Puts his cassette. Thank yeah. you for clarifying. Tape. He puts the cassette, and he's got this old BMW. Yeah. Right? And yep. he puts it in the first time I ever heard Nine Inch Nails. Really? It was in Steve Pori's car in the parking lot of Cardinal Gibbons. I want to fuck you like an animal or Whoa! what? I love this woman. <laughs> Just saying, my wedding song. So, yeah, oh, I gotcha. No, <laughs> walk anyway. down the aisle too. <laughs> that should have totally been her wedding song. Oh man! So, oh my God! When she was out having a baby, I missed her so oh, much. Oh man! Oh, Steve Pori. So he said Dennis Friel, and I said, "Who the hell's Dennis Friel now?" And when you came on the scene, I remember. Seeing some of your images, I'm like, holy oh, shit. Yeah, okay. Another one that's better than us. <laughs> anyway, I said, and I remember I remember seeing the books that you had, the, the, the 365. Yeah. That was the dumbest thing I've ever done in my entire the life. The fact that you actually had to take the time to do that, I went, what an undertaking and why would you do that? But you know what? But I Derek tell you, did it first. Yeah. I would never, don't ever ask him. I've never done I was that. talking to Derek, like it was like oh a week God. before the end of the year. Right, and yeah. I talked to Derek. I'm like, "Oh my God, I bet you're glad to done with that, right?" And he goes, "Yeah, you try it." Like that, he says yeah. to me. I'm like, "Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll try yeah. it." Yeah. Right. I told my wife. She's like, "Are you insane? Yeah. Like, what is wrong with you?" Some of the best. She's like, you're busy enough. Like, most you don't need creative, this project. Most creative artwork of all time was created in that 365. And I said, "Man, this guy is truly, truly a gifted artist to be able to." Do something real, watercolor, black and whites, just the array of different types of artwork, man. I got to tell you, because I love art and I love looking at other people's art. I Mm -hmm. love different styles and seeing all that and just taking it in. Man, what a a gift you have, you've been given. And you're doing it for a living. So, I mean, and I know it's not always fun, right? But what's it for? That's my question to you would be. What's it really for? What and so and I'm not looking. You don't have to answer it. I mean, I can. I but. just do you know why you know what it's for? 
No, I don't. But that's the search, right? That's the journey. And right. I think that's really it. Yeah. Is, is the discovery and the process to it mm-hmm. all. And I think that's what I'm infatuated with. Yeah. Is the process and the story that gets told every day. Yeah. And as much as I complained to you about the people that we spoke about before. Yeah. Like off camera. <clears throat> like I still. It's a tough industry, man. Yeah, it's a tough it industry. Is. I is. still look at it as all part of the process. Sure. And all part of that. Like perfect is impossible, but the, the striving and that search and that journey for it is really the adventure, mm-hmm. the call to adventure okay. of of it all. Yeah, and and you just because if you when you start when you start creating work and you start painting a lot and you start drawing a lot, like you you start looking at body of work, and then you start looking at patterns of work process mm-hmm. and approaches, and and you start really. St- seeing like like neo in the matrix you start seeing beyond it you know and and there's something to that like it's not nothing and and you really like start looking at who you are right you always say like listen being an artist it's not what we do it's who we are Mm -hmm. and there's there's a difference right when you do something for a living that's a choice Mm -hmm. Right, well, us doing this, like doing it for a living, is a choice. But you'd still be doing it, sure, if you weren't doing it for no a question. living. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and there's that gray area, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not nothing either, right? And and, and you got to really push through the minutia and the people mm-hmm. and the necessary things you need to do to continue your craft. Sure. And that's what keeps me pushing forward. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's my purpose. My purpose really is to, like, at the end of the, all right, the end of your life, it's going to be just you sitting there. Okay. Right? Yeah. It's just going to be you, and you're going to be looking back at your life and be like, what did I accomplish? Right? Yes, I love my family. And I, I'd put myself before them at all times. Okay. My wife, yep. everything like that. I right? put myself before them. But you got to create this balance of, am I pursuing the path that I want to pursue and I also providing for my family at the same time? Mm-hmm. The satisfaction that comes from that is impeccable and it's immeasurable. That's what keeps me moving forward. Purpose. Mm-hmm. It's on multi-levels. I'd have to say. Mm-hmm. You want to create purpose like you want to be the best artist you can be. You want to create the best work. It's all said and done. You want to look back on your work and be proud of it. And you want to say, did I try my artist? And that's what gets me past the whole competing with other artists thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure. Is that is that you want to look back and I came to... You know, when you're younger, you don't look at it the same way. When you get older, I think you come to a certain maturity about it, and you, and, and you understand the fellowship of it all. That's correct. Right? Mm-hmm. I love you, brother. Mm-hmm. Like, we've shared moments together, yeah. and we've shared moments apart. And I'm sure you got people coming to you complaining about me and, and whatever. Same. It, it, it's, it, and it's like, whatever, you know? And, and you just be like, you know Careful. He's going to ask you to go sit in that outside parking lot and listen to some Nine Inch Nails here shortly. I know. So I'm just and, I just say, <laughs> and I just say the same thing. Listen, RJ's a friend. And yeah. that's, that's what I say every time. And, and it's just like, listen. But 
if I'm putting a perspective on it all, mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm putting on the why, the what, the how, and it makes me feel mm-hmm. right, it still makes me happy to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. Not just for a living, but just to be able to do this. I paint fish. Yeah, you paint fish. Right. We look at you. You do it differently than I do. You look at it differently than I do because you fished a hell of a lot more than I have. Mm-hmm. Right. I think I look at my work a little bit more from the perspective of culture, and you look at it more from a perspective of authenticity of mm-hmm. an angler and a captain. Right, and that's just—it just is what it is, you know. There's, there's, there's just, just a different path. Different, right? Yeah, you know. But that speaks to how we approach our work differently, mm-hmm. and I love that. Totally and I love different. seeing when you come out with new pieces, and I love, and I love the celebration. And I talk to Derek about this all the time, and I love when seeing he comes up with different perspectives and Adrian, and mm-hmm. just looking all the oh my mm-hmm. god, the work that Adrian puts out, fantastic. Right, and yeah. Craig Bertram Smith and all those guys. I mean, phenomenal stuff, <laughs> really but different. Good. Totally. You know, and it becomes a fellowship after a while. It's funny because you, know, you can't compete. No. It makes no sense. No, not at all. And you know what? To be honest with you, it's we're in such an interesting thing. It's, it's Maybe it's like boats. It's like the guy who loved that boat. Mm-hmm. You know, that doctor who loved that boat? And I went, jeez, man couple of years he shot out <laughs> yeah. but he loves his boat right right but here's the truth of it you can have a customer walk in this shop and they would never tell you they didn't like something but they'd go that's the best piece i've ever seen i don't know what that's all about but mm-hmm. and that's great the beauty of art is man everybody's got a style everybody's got a thing and you're not going to like everything and once you get to the point where you understand you're comfortable enough with your art with that hey man you might not like my style, and it's okay, you know. But I feel like I, I think feel- you got to look at it. I think you got to look at. I don't mean to cut you off, but I think you got to look at it like paint for yourself. I would like to say that, but that's not the truth when it comes to dollars and cents of painting. Not when it comes to the custom stuff. Correct. Well, that's what I'm saying. So if a guy, right. so if I said if a guy walks through this door right now and says, "Hey, Dennis, man, I want you to do a custom piece for me, and I want you to do my merit boat with the blue marlin jumping. I really want a sunset, but I like pink skies and and you hand there's that, and so you're trying to take all the gray area out of it. But when you hand him mm-hmm. that original that cost ten thousand dollars or five or whatever it might be, there's still that you know you still have that is he gonna like it feeling? Yeah, I hope he loves it. You see, every time you press send, right? Yeah, you're like, <sighs> yeah. And it, it's uneasy till he says, no matter how good you God, are, no matter the, how successful you matter. are, you feel it every time. I love it. This is more than I imagined. Or you get, great. I'll call you tomorrow for shirts, and you're like, okay, but did he really like? Yeah, it? did he like it? Yeah, I get. But that that's too. the personality of that guy because that's what yeah. he does. Well, so. then you got to get that. You got to make a choice, though. That's that's where you have to make the choice. Totally, totally, and and, and again. The deeper side, going back to your purpose or our, our purpose as human beings, you know, we're not talking about fishing. We're talking about, I just would encourage everybody, you know, like, and I think about this all. I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm a 
faith-based guy. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus us. Christ. Yeah. Right? So I'm, and I just feel, and we were talking about this last night. I do a Bible study at the, sh- at the mm-hmm. store every Tuesday night. So last night we did the Bible study, and we were we're back at the beginning in Genesis again, 16, and we're talking about Abraham and Isaac and and what happened then, you know, and and old culture and Jewish law, and we're talking about it a little more in depth. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting about it is is that, and I said said last night we were talking with the guys, you can't get to heaven by works, right? So Mm -hmm. you don't get to heaven by doing good deeds. Just because you're a nice guy doesn't mean you're going to heaven. You have to believe, right? So if you believe, okay, and if you truly believe with your mind and your heart that he's our Savior, right? Mm-hmm. What happens is, is that works become a byproduct of faith. So if I, I'm a believer and I, I look outside and I go, that rainstorm we just had, is unbelievable. I mean, everything that we see is created by him, right? So you go, man, you know, even for fishing guys, and this has always got me. You know, you go out the inlet and you look at the sun coming up and you, it's no, there's no wind. And you start driving out to the sword grounds, and it's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. You really believe it in science? Mm-hmm. Like it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. But to me, looking at that, it's, there's no question how this was created. That's me, right? So not everybody gets it at the same time, mm-hmm. gets what I'm talking about. And a lot of times when you're older and you've gone through trials and tribulations in your life, you start to look at yourself or your life a little different, right? And you're a purpose of what you do. And, man, I would just encourage, you know, guys who are doing fishing for a living or making a life on the water, you know, if you're a believer to look around and those by, the, the byproduct of doing things for other people that aren't as fortunate as we are. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love see, to see people give their time. I love it, man. I, you know, with the mission fishing thing and, and seeing kids come to the water that are dealt a different card than we are and families that, I mean, the first one, I, and I'll never forget it, watching the dad hold the wheelchair like with a freaking grip like you wouldn't believe for the, the hour. I felt more for the dad than I did for the kid. The kid had a smile on his face the whole time because the waves were going up and down and it was affecting his stomach. But it was the dad, right? And the siblings who weren't paid attention to as much as the kid. So, and I'm not saying it's mission fishing. I'm saying whatever it is for you in your life that you're able to give back as a byproduct of faith, we all need to give back. Mm-hmm. It's a huge thing for us as human beings and as believers to give back, you know. And we have we have Jewish people. We have man. We pray some of the, and their 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 thoughts might not be exactly the same as we are. But man, I I just love that about people. The loving side of people giving mm-hmm. and people spending their time or giving of their boat and money's that's great too. But it's about your time. You come out, you spend time doing something for someone else, man. How, how awesome is that? So yep. the purpose of what you you're talking about, yep. you're, you're you have young kids. Mm-hmm. My kids are 25 and 27, right? So as you go through your life and and your importance of what you are and who you are and what you're on your last day when you look back and they say, Dennis, what did I? What, what, tell me about Dennis Friel. 
What did he offer this world and what did he do? And so when you think about those, because we all look in the mirror in the morning, we have to answer to ourselves, right? Some people never get it. Yeah. We know that. You know, and you look at evil in this world of the things that with that elementary school thing and some of the things that happen in this world, those are God allowed evil. <laughs> Adam and Eve, that started in the beginning. Evil exists in this world. That's not a God thing. That's an evil. That's, that's a devil thing. That's a hell thing. That's real. There's mm-hmm. evil. Unfortunately, we're humans, and by nature, and it's going to sound weird to say this, we're all scumbags. We truly are. Deep down in our hearts, we have greed. We have we look at porn. We every guy. If you just sit here, I sit here across from you. Uh, porn, and especially today, and all the things that are happening What's in our world. What's wrong with porn? <laughs> <laughs> it's just getting heavy. I'm, I'm just right. wondering. You're I'm a, a woman. You're in a sore subject over okay, here. Okay, so we won't cut it. So, I've only got like five minutes on my, you know. I'm just <laughs> but as human beings, right, we have to check ourselves. And the more you check yourselves, the better you get at what you do. And you try to stay, have a healthy demeanor. You understand what I mean? Yeah. I. You know, uh, last August, I... I um, Youngest of six, I was chosen to write the eulogy for my father and read it at the funeral. Mm-hmm. And Carlene was there, mm-hmm. and she is witness to this. Um, my dad was a deacon. I grew up in very, um, I say very religious household, but it was a fun household. And knowing my dad was not to know the deacon was to know my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, one of the things I wrote in that eulogy was one thing that my father always instilled in us is that if you're a man of Christ, then that means you're present in your community Mm -hmm. and you're a valuable member in your community. Mm -hmm. And I think that speaks a lot to what you're talking about um, is I think that is really an important thing Mm -hmm. is is to be of service to your community um, whenever you can within your power. And I think that's a very important thing. For sure. Um, I, and it goes back to what you're saying. It's like, well, when Dennis is there, like you're looking back on his life, it's yeah. like, what do you want to be? For sure. And I want people to look back on it and say, well, he made everyone realize that we're all connected by water. And what that means is that we're all bound and we're all together and we do community outreach and we all use our community as service to better everybody else. Mm-hmm. That's what Connected by Water is more so than an art studio. Mm-hmm. Like that theory of it, that's really what it means. Right. Is that, that we're out there and we're together and we're doing things for, for sure. our community. Right. And it speaks to the Starbright program that we have going on. Yeah. And it speaks to you and I getting together and talking about this. And that's what this show is all about. It's not a fishing show. Right. No. Lord knows there's listen, right. you have an entire right. platform built on how to fish. Yeah. Right? You are an expert at fishing. I am not. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, why would I have a fishing show? You know what I mean? Sure. You're doing it fine enough for everybody <laughs> else. Right. And it, it, it why would I why would I do that? Mm-hmm. I'm talking about life, I'm talking about culture, I'm talking about people, and I'm talking about yeah. how that relates to our passion. For sure. And I think that's why okay? it's important to lay that and stuff out. That is really what I want everyone to understand about it. And you know, perspective, have the perspective on it. Mm-hmm. Right. And right. it means so much to me that you and I can have a good relationship. I agree with that. You know, it, how wonderful is it? Yeah. It, it really has been such a treat knowing you and, and being friends with you and just going down this road with you, like mm-hmm. together. Listen, 
I, I know a lot of people think that um, we compete with each other. And we just don't. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I just want to like throw that out there. Like right, literally, if every person that owned a boat came to us and said, we need you to make sure it's for us or we need you to create art for us, we just flat out wouldn't have the time. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's enough sure. to go around for everybody. So it's just, I'm going to just tell that to, to anyone listening right now. And the um, truth is, for, well, one last thing on that, man. Yeah. Real quick. You know, like, I think another tackle store opened up down the road here this week. Mm-hmm. There's there's 10 shops in a five-mile span. Yeah. That's another thing, too. It's like, you know, that's the messed up thing is I always look at you as RJ the artist first. You know what I mean? But yeah, you know, yeah. one of oh, the best tackle God. shops. And- yeah, and it's funny because people say, oh, you know, oh, yeah, this guy talked about this guy's shop. And to be honest with you, like, I don't have, I don't even th- now, when I was younger, yeah, it was competitive. When you're younger, it's different. To your mind All that shit matters, and it's, now, it just shouldn't. Man, people, if, if you're cool, right? If you're cool, and the guy sells the same gear down the road, he can be cheaper, he can be more, whatever. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. There's no real loyalty anymore mm-hmm. in business. Business is unethical. I, I mean, the fact, I, I can't, it makes me sick. Um, I grew up in an old school era selling mm-hmm. furniture with my dad when I was young when you had territories. You didn't I might have I might be able to sell this from in a fifteen mile span, nobody else had it. Mm-hmm. And you were protected. Now the manufacturers for crying out loud sell discounted rates online and while well, we're we're putting stuff on our shelves yeah. and paying you. How unethical. That's unethical. Business is so bad. Yeah. Business ethics. In general, there is no ethics anymore. And that's the biggest part of growth when it comes to, from a business perspective for me. Mm-hmm. Um, we have one of the nicest tackle stores in the world. Sure not you in do. Florida. Not in the, in the world. And so, and technically, we're at the top of the food chain, being able to rig and do all that stuff. But the truth is, all these shops locally... If you and I travel a lot, so we, it's it's so f- different than everywhere else. You go to Texas, man. There's a shop here, and then there's no there's no city for another twenty miles. Right. There, it's it's not the same. So just to be able to be able to call someone up down the street, hey man, you got a Tiagra thirty? I'll give it to you tomorrow. Okay, cool. Man, you got to work together. You got to be cool with the guy. And everybody wants to shop everywhere because nobody shops at one spot anymore. It doesn't work that way. Right. And so you have to look at it and embrace that. Go, all right, you know what, man, I'm going to hang out with that guy. I'll talk about that guy. He's got a great shot. Who cares? You know, like, so to me, we all, whatever facet it is, whether it's marine artists, tackle stores, competitors in the same arena, when you get along, it's such a wonderful thing, man. Sure is. It is. And you got to get to a point where you can think like that. It's peaceful. 100%. You got to be confident in what you do as you well. You got to be confident. One hundred percent is the key, and, and I think that goes without question. That's it. And I appreciate you having me. Yeah, man, I appreciate. Yeah, you it's been a, it's been a while. We've missed each other for a long. Yeah. Well, thing. I'm happy that I'm sitting across the table from you, and that yeah. you know it, it was not the other way around. You know, yeah. Like, given, yeah. <laughs> given your, you know what I mean. Yeah. No, so, no doubt, no doubt. Good thing that train didn't come. Right. I know. So, all right, all right, We're RJ, good. brother. Hey. Yeah. Cheers. Yep. Hey. Carlene. That was a lot of serious stuff tonight. It was. That's okay. That's all right. It was with a bang there. Yeah, no, but you're just, you sit, you you go, man, I didn't really, what are we going to talk about tonight? That was pretty heavy. You know, I never, (laughs) I never, 
Like I already know you. Right. So I didn't need to research this episode. You know what I mean? No. So I didn't even think about it. Like, I mean, I, I thought about it all day you coming in, but I mm-hmm. was like, no, I'm not going to think about what to talk about. I'm not going to do it. I'm, not, I'm just going to let it take on life. Itself. That's it. So let it ride. That's it. Right. Yeah. We'll do it again. All right. Well, listen, if you're in the market for a new uh, truck or Jeep or anything that can run over um, 95-pound big iTunes, <laughs> right. like they caught in a ladies' fish off That's last right. week, yeah. Um, Call our good buddies over at uh, Joey Cardi Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. They will hook you up. No Call doubt. Dean. Tell him that you're with the Connected by Water podcast, and you're going to get a better deal than anybody else. All right? And if you're thirsty and it happens to be Friday night or whatever night, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> wrestle up yourself a bottle of the Papa's Pilar Rum. RJ and I were drinking the blonde with a little touch of ginger on top of yep. it today. Great, man. Get us like right. Gingers. Right? Gotta love it. Yeah. And... um. And also, if you're uh, hungry, go over to Papa's Raw Bar and check out their Connected My Water sushi menu, inspired by rolls that are named after people that we know. What do you want to say? Not fucking saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah. All right, listen. And if you if you want to catch a swordfish, especially, right, yeah. and you want to go to the right shop to make sure you take care of getting making that happen. Yep. Definitely go to over to RJ Boyle Studio off Federal Highway and 48th Street and Lighthouse Point. Yep. It's a staple. We'll be out there tomorrow. Yep. And yep. Um, RJ will get you dialed in. If he's not there, then he's got a fantastic crew that will be able to help you out. There you go. Right? So, all right. All man. right. Cool. Your ego. It's, it's not, not your amigo. <laughs> there and you always go. Always do your best. And at the end of the day, just let God do the rest. There and it do is. do not ever forget that no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, we're all... Connected by water. Connected by water. Thanks, RJ. Thanks, RJ.